Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. You will say Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is Christy Carlson Romano. Hello, everybody. It's me, Christy Carlson Romano, the girl who taught you about the moon landing. Well, today I wanted to chat about something else. Did you know that getting your booster is the best way to prevent severe illness and hospitalization from COVID-19? Now this is the part where you imagine that I just sang you all a wonderful song about how important boosters are and you remember it forever and you sing it to all your friends. I'm just here to remind you to get yours now. It only takes a couple of minutes. Have an amazing day. The true reveal of this ad that you can't see because it's visual is that the Cameo logo is sitting pretty in the top left or right hand corner of Chrissy Carlson's video. Top left of Chrissy Carlson Romano and the Pfizer logos on the bottom right. That's... <laughs> Your two number one logos for 2022. Well, more like I 2021. I believe. I would just say we're sitting right here and Pfizer is going to go to Christy Carlson Romano's cameo for an ad. We're right here. Christy Carlson Romano's cameo business ad is, I think, $1,000. It says starting at $1,000. It's still pretty cheap. <laughs> right. The, the person who tweeted this and got you you saw it before i even saw this tweet because you had already screenshotted it but this person i saw it on the account no i think somebody dm'd it to us i was oh, like okay that's how i saw it yeah cody wimmer tweeted why did they book a cameo instead of calling her agent cut out the middleman you know go right to the source if she makes it possible to go right to her why wouldn't you just do this you know that's on her Okay, you're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's start with comments. Lindsay, Timmy, Bobby, hello. Um, 
Okay, I'm sorry. Talking about the stingers of soundtracks or whatever, was there not like a year-long period where you guys used to play the freaking sound from <laughs> the Annihilation soundtrack, like, at intermittently for, like, I don't even remember why, but, like, throughout for like a year long period you guys would play that sound at for any random reason and i never even saw that movie and i know the sound effect from this podcast it's like that is a that is a them to me so and that's that on that okay um me la peep which is a combination of me and Sa or me and greece and me and uh wendy williams saying do la peep that's my sign off me, la peep. Okay. Also, crunch, crunch. Okay, bye. Can you can you make the noise on your own? Can you hum it? You made me hum last week. Can you do it? Mm-hmm. That? Oh, there's one. I missed a note. I missed a note. Do it again. Mm-hmm. Was there an era that we played this? We did. We did. We, we did. did. What we was did. like the, what was the kind of purpose? I don't. I was barely remember like that we did this. Editorial. I don't either. I knew we had just seen Annihilation. We were annihilate. We had been annihilated by mm-hmm. the movie Annihilation, which is an incredible film. I think we just did it as punctuation. Sometimes interesting. We yeah. should bring it back. It's really compelling. I know it is. It's one of the great sounds. Good job, caller, for bringing it up. We have some on the call here doing amazing squeeze of other sounds that we missed. Um, I'm looking at this Annihilation, the alien, that one sound on YouTube. It has 123,000 views. Yeah, six months all of them ago, are you. Yeah, six, six months ago, someone commented, yo, my friend Joe likes this a lot, and so does my sister Candace. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I just have to pause the pod because you guys are talking about Brandy and how you've never heard the phrase, the vocal Bible. Um... I don't know if this was just a blast thing, but everyone calls Brandy the vocal Bible because she kind of laid the foundation for modern R&B, and she's been in the game for so long, her wrists, her runs, like everything, you know. She was mentored by Whitney Houston, like she's literally the vocal Bible. Do a little Google about it. A lot of stuff will probably come up. Anyways, just wanted to say that, put some respect on Brandy's name, Scarjo Yonikoff, Crunch Crunch. Do a little Google. Did you do a little Google? Did we do a little Google? We obviously didn't do a little Google or else we wouldn't but I mean, have left that question. But do we do a Google now? Oh, we did. did. we do a little Google now? Okay. Brandy's the vocal Bible. It's one of her honorifics. She's known for the riffs and the runs. I feel like true heads are like, oh, Brandy vocal Bible, even though I didn't even know that that was a thing. I think, stop me if we've done this before, but I was thinking about how Brandy's the vocal Bible. That's her, that's one of her honorifics. I ended up on stop the- Stop you if we've done this before. You think I can stop, do you think I'll know if we've done this before? I wound up on, after I was, you know, feeling sort of shameful for disrespecting Brandy, I was on the Wikipedia for popular music honorifics, where it's like, just like an alphabetized, extremely long spreadsheet of famous singers from around the world and their- honorific that has been given to them by either themselves or fans or other people and a lot of them are repeats a lot of them are very specific so it'll be like minister of super heavy funk that could only be james brown or but something mo- but you the know? one you've heard most is like king of pop king, king of, of pop R&B, exactly queen of soul. exactly right. and then you have like queen of modern residencies that's celine dion you know like there what are certain that things mean? that are hyper specific and i've never heard before sure. but a lot of them are just repeated so can you guess <laughs> Any of the women who have been deemed queen of pop by this Wikipedia, because there are multiple. 
And I bet you could probably get most of them. This is Demi, though. Yeah, I know. But it's Brandy's a them. Okay. Uh, but Brandy isn't on this list. Oh, not Queen of Pop, no. I would say it's probably like Britney, Mariah, Madonna, Whitney Houston, maybe Celine Dion, maybe. You got, you're getting basically all of them. You're missing a couple. Rihanna. Rihanna's not on here. Okay. Uh, well, that's a mistake. Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera is not one of them, but there's a very surprising Janet? one. Janet's one of them, yes. Janet also has Queen of Radio. He, let me read you some other honorifics given to this person who's also been deemed Queen of Pop. Queen of Bridges. <laughs> Queen of Easter Eggs. <laughs> Princess of Country. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, okay. Queen of Bridges is really funny. Here's another one that you missed. Two other honorifics that this pop star has been given are Princess of Pop and Goddess of Pop. Goddess of Goddess, pop? yes. She's from Australia. Kylie Minogue? There you go. Oh. The only other person that you missed was a Greek singer, Elena Ferreira. But uh, everyone else you got. She was in Eurovision. Oh, yeah, that was her. She sang that song about fire. What's it called? Fuego? Yeah, she sang Fuego. Fuego. Okay, we can move on. <laughs> Bobby, Lindsay, Timmy, hello, hello. Long time, long time. Um, I had to pause the podcast and call in at Bobby slandering Adina Menzel. Um, I do have to say, I used to be the number one fan Zell. I dressed up like Adina Menzel for Halloween in middle school. Not Adina as anything, just Adina as Adina. But I have a theory about why this 25 thing is so um, horrible or just like grating to Bobby. Um, I think whoever her manager, publicity, PR team, whoever, they have been pushing her to do things that are just like not her vibe, not her brand. Because she has this new QVC line, which I think is incredibly booey and I think it's funny. It's called Encore by Adina, um, which is basically just like basic pieces of clothing that are now Adina branded. Um, but you have to go and watch all of her incredibly awkward uh, Instagram reels and TikToks that they honestly, of course, been like forcing her to film. Um, she looks like she is being held hostage in front of the camera. Um, but yeah, I just think they're forcing her to do things that just aren't her vibe, and it's obviously coming off very inauthentic. So, Bobby, you're not wrong, but uh, I'm still a Stanzel. So, crunch, crunch. Bye. Stanzel. Um, Stan so, if you dressed up as I Idina Menzel today, mm -hmm. you would be dressing in Encore by Idina Menzel, brought exactly. to you by QVC, which is inspired by her busy life as an actor, singer, songwriter, mom, wife, and philanthropist. <laughs> Idina Menzel created Encore by Idina Menzel, a collection of chic yet easy to wear styles that transition seamlessly from one activity to the next. <laughs> from sitting to standing. <laughs> and perfect for women looking for that effortless on-the-go wardrobe. I gotta say, Bobby, while the caller was calling, said that these clothes look like um, when you Google clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Google clothes and, I, and then these come up. I have to up. agree. I have to agree. I mean. <laughs> they're so funny. <laughs> they're just, they're just the most basic of clothes. Like if you needed just clothes, I don't know how you'd end up at Idina Menzel. Do you know what I mean? Like you would just buy like a shirt from Target. 
A V-neck sweater. Wait, listen to this. I feel like if I had to describe my own style, it'd be kind of bi-coastal, New York confidence, stylish, with a little relaxed, chic, Californian girl in there. I can't stand this. She's selling a he- a, a three-quarter sleeve Henley tee. Like, uh, it doesn't get any more basic than that. Soft and snuggly, this slub, this slub Henley tee is what Busy Bee's dressing dreams are made of. Oh, slub is a type of knit. That's oh, okay. insane. She's a- <laughs> slub. Why would you call your shirt slub? This is this is Adina Menzel on the QVC website. So QVC does that good thing on their item pages. If there's video of the famous person or just the QVC salesperson selling it, they'll put it in the carousel of item images. And so here's Adina selling her Encore by Adina Menzel Henley tank tee in white. So we have it in your bright white. We've got it in slate. What a beautiful bluish gray. I'm sorry, what a beautiful bluish gray. All right, Adina. It has really good, yeah, it has really good coverage. And I guess what I'm so, I feel so proud about is the feedback I've been getting from everyone and how much they're just loving these really cotton rich fabrics and um, it just feeling really great. And I just, I wanted it to feel effortless. Yeah, it definitely feels effortless. We're talking about a terry, a soft French terry swing romper. You can't just wear that out in L.A. or New York. I'm sorry. I mean, I know you can do whatever you want, but like. They have no character to them. What about these makes it Idina? That's what I'm like. Idina is assigning herself to fully traitless articles of clothing. Just absolutely no character at all. Like, she's a legend, but I feel like she's selling clothes that mean nothing. She's selling a a V-neck tee, you know? Like, we're not... She's shoehorning her own brand into the some of the item titles. So this cardigan, which looks like you Googled cardigan, says, Encore by Adina Menzel, call time, lightweight fleece cardigan. Call time. Call time. There's nothing like having a go-to cardigan. <laughs> There's nothing like having a go-to cardigan. <laughs> Nothing like. Have you wait? Have you never had a go-to cardigan? I have one go-to. I've told there's, you. About, have you seen my? There's kind of nothing like it. I was going to say, is there anything like it? I don't wear it out of the house. It's my old man cardigan. I I love it so much. I only wear it inside the house. I look uh-huh, like I look like uh-huh. I miss. I look like Mister Rogers' dying father when I wear it. So it's a little complicated. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so it is your go-to, but it's my go-to. there is nothing really like it. What you described, there is yeah, nothing. Yeah, so Adina like Menzel it. is Adina Menzel is not telling lies, but she's not necessarily telling anything interesting. And the caller mentioned this, but I feel stupid because it is her number twenty-five on her Us Weekly twenty-five things. It says, "I was inspired to design my clothing line, Encore by Adina Menzel, when I realized how well put together all the other moms were at school drop-off in the morning." I'm not sure this is going to help. So she said, everyone else is so cute. I'm going to design this cotton slub three-quarter tank. (laughs) I'll be wearing a soft French Terry zip-up front hoodie. (laughs) I wish I could say these would help, but these are not going to help. QVC. Cotton rich fabric. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Okay, very excited for this new couple, Bradley Cooper and Huma Abedin. He is obviously a them. She is a 
scandal who, unfortunately, I think, even though she is a powerful, wonderful woman in her own right, um, cracking up over page six's description uh, from a source. They are perfect for each other. They're both into power and politics and human affairs. Very Shakespearean <laughs> description of this couple. Like, it kind of makes them sound evil. Uh, apparently, according to page six, Cooper previously dated Glee alum and Sam Smith video star Diana Agron, comma, we're told. Uh, love this. Love everything about this. Uh, very into this. Crunch, crunch. We got a lot of calls about Bradley Cooper dating Huma Abedin. Lindsay, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I have to, like, take a few deep breaths. So Is Huma this... Abedin a who? A caller said that she was a political them, and I think that that's true. That's definitely true. I do feel like you have to have your head a little bit in the sand to not know who Huma Abedin is. Do you know what I mean? Over the past, yeah. like, four years, years or something. Yeah. When I say yeah. four, you know what I yeah, mean? I like, know. I mean, everything feels like it was four years ago. The like Hillary Clinton running era is really like where Huma was like really talked about, but talked about by a lot in a big way. Anthony Weiner first being like, oops, I sent my dick pic in like 2011 or something, 2012. Like that was so long ago. And that was, but that was so much part of culture. That was such a yeah. big thing. You know, maybe she is a them, actually. She might actually just straight up be a them. Honestly, the what I think about this, and I've said it in a few different group chats now, is that Bradley Cooper is trying to be George Clooney, and I, I see it. I see it. I see it. He's saying, I want that. Yeah. He's saying, I had a television career. He was on Alias. He was on, what was the Kitchen Confidential show that he was on that was a flop? He decided, I want to be in the movies. I want to be a movie star. I want to be I want a to leading be a man. Director. And I also want to be a director because I, I love to, but, film. And I want to be George Clooney. I'm seeing George Clooney. And his last girlfriend, who he was rumored to be dating, was Diana, Diana Agron. So I think he said, okay, I need to stop dating like blonde, kind of it younger girls. actresses. Oh, that's generous to Diana Agron. <laughs> but, and I need to date like, Almost like I'm running for president. Like, who am yeah. I dating? Do you know what I mean? I need to date someone who makes me seem more intellectual and serious. From the outside. I think when he dates these younger actresses, he seems smart on the inside of their relationship. Where, like, mm -hmm. they just think he's so fucking smart and, like, heady or whatever. But I think from the outside, it looks bad. He's saying, I want to be seen from the outside as an intellectual yeah, I don't want to be seen as, like, superficial at all. Right. Even though Huma Abedin is beautiful. So, I, I don't know. I mean, she's so beautiful. But, like, do you know what I mean? It just seems very, it's it's calculated. I mean, so is um George's wife. You know what I mean? No one is saying that the women aren't beautiful. They're just not 20 years old, you know? And George used to date Huma Abedin. <laughs> So Wait, did he? Yeah. That was in yeah. a Washington Post story. There was like, there were rumors of it. And then a Washington Post story says, she is an enigmatic woman who was once romanced by George Clooney while the brash <gasps> congressman has chased the spotlight, becoming her favorite progressive attack dog. So it's like, it dated is very loose terms, but it's like, she was romanced by him. Also, she famously lost her virginity to Anthony Weiner. Famously. I mean, don't forget that George Clooney, before he married Amal, dated Stacey Keebler for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look up Stacey Keebler next time you, uh, well, not now. I mean, you know what I mean, in the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I feel like there's a certain point where these guys, they go, oh, um, people think I date like young blonde idiots. Oh, well, I'll show them, you yeah. know? Meanwhile, like, Leonardo DiCaprio is never going to reach that point, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
He's like, no, yeah, I don't give a shit. His girlfriend <laughs> turned like 36. 26. She passed the age that oh, 20s. she... Isn't she passed the age that he dumps all his other girlfriends at? Camilla Maroney is no, she's twenty five. She's twenty five. She turned twenty five in June. So yeah, she's officially older than his exes. Me thinking that he's dated her for so long, she must be in her thirties. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's, she's like 25. barely. She, she just turned twenty five. She turned twenty five less than twenty five is the age I think at which he says time to find a new model, a literal new model and a new model. Oh my god! Wow. Please pack your knives and go, you know? <laughs> Please pack your swimsuits and go. Okay. Your swimsuits. <laughs> he puts his Beats headphones on, back on, and turns on MGMT. Oh, okay, we, we, I think, deliberately avoided the detail from this that made it especially alluring to, let's say, page six, the New York Post, because Bradley Cooper and Huma Abedin did not just, like, meet on the street or on Raya. They met via... A matchmaker, and that matchmaker was allegedly Anna, Anna Wintour. Wintour. That is insane. Well, she claims to be a big fan of Bradley Cooper, like loves him, but like she's on record as being a humongous fan of Huma Abedin's and has been for over a decade. She's like, this woman is amazing. She put her in vogue in the aughts, you know, like okay. she's obsessed with Huma Abedin. Anna definitely played matchmaker, one will play source says. She's BFFs <laughs> with Bradley and adores Huma. BFFs with Bradley is, I think, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Can you imagine what Anna Wintour and Bradley Cooper talk about? Truly, truly. I'm trying to think. Name a topic. Food? <laughs> Not politics. Art, maybe. Film. I think film. Like, can't you hear them talking about, like, Warhols or whatever? Like, Warhol. Old films yeah old films and, and like and like new york based art exhibits and maybe a little bit of gossip i can see bradley being a bit of a gossip and knowing a lot of people and i bet that that's fun for both of them uh-huh uh-huh it's really it's actually quite difficult to imagine the conversation like you i like know I'm, that's why like it's I'm like, like, like i'm in my in my mind's eye, I'm like, okay, cr create a room, and I create like sort of a stock image of like a Hamptons house with the view of the ocean. Okay, so I have that, and then okay, add some ocean noises in the background. Okay, add ocean noises. Now add two chairs, and they go plop uh -huh. plop, and it's like I'm okay. in The Sims. And then All it's right. like, okay, now put Anna Wintour in the one chair, and then put Bradley Cooper in the other chair. And it's like, okay, and then it's just motionless. It's silence. Just the sound of the waves. And and when I say okay now speak to each other all i hear is like come on snala like i don't know i don't know what's going on in that house i don't know what to do anyway huma abedin we've talked about bradley cooper's many many girlfriends in the past famously he dated um suki waterhouse uh diana agron very recently lolita in the park diana agron he was married to jennifer esposito yeah, and apparently was awful to her. And then uh -huh. who was the woman he had a baby with? Irina Shayk. Uh -huh, Irina Shayk. We can't forget Irina, Irina Shayk. Yes. She's still in the picture. They're co-parents. They apparently of get along course, swimmingly. Huma yes, Abedin, yes. as we said before, marrying Anthony Weiner, she dated, uh, according to some of the gossip at the time, she dated John Cusack, oh. George Clooney, okay. and maybe Lance Armstrong. 
Oh, yikes. That was in the Vogue story. There was a, even at the time, like Gawker wrote about it and Jezebel wrote about it, how weird it was that this Vogue story from 2007, her profile. They called her a Chanel wearing deeply confident 32 year old woman whose Blackberry contains some of the most famous names in America. Right. She lets me only look if I agree not to say who. And then in a parenthetical, it says, I do manage to learn she has been close with actor John Cusick and Lance Armstrong. And it's sort of like, what does that mean? You looked at her Rolodex, but you can't say anything about what was in the Blackberry. But she did. Yeah, but she did sort of volunteer information that she is, quote, close with John Cusick and Lance Armstrong. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. To me, this makes sense because. After dating Anthony Weiner, and I know it was a long time ago, their marriage ended a while ago, many years ago. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want to date anyone other than a political guy? Yeah, but an actor. A, a crazy actor. I don't a know. A crazy actor who doesn't have, like, the, like, a pristine reputation, but he has a pretty good one. So, mm-hmm. okay. Sure. Okay. They're dating. Right. I don't find this that weird, but I find it sort of funny. She just put her East Hampton pad up for rent at $35,000 per month. <laughs> Only a couple of months after she started dating Cooper. The Post oh my God, did they report. move in together? Did they move what, in together? That's what the Post is saying. Oh my God. And then they're like, it has a heated pool. And it's like, oh. okay, that's not the detail I need to know. Oh my God. You know who's I starring as Huma Abedin in her, an adaptation of her memoir, Both And? Who? Frida Pinto. What? <laughs> Not Wasn't it just like Pinto. last week we were like, oh, good for Frida Pinto for coming back. This is actually you. kind of... You were like, I love Frida Pinto. <laughs> this is an interesting move. Like, I could see this actually being sort of good, you know? Sure. Sure. I mean, no. I mean, it, like in the in the genre of disgraced wife. Yeah. Like, we those do really well. And I could not think of a more compelling story than Huma. We've heard Wiener's side of the story. that We got a whole documentary about it. Right. I don't need it. I don't need Wiener's side of anything anymore, you know? Yeah. Right. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. First time, long time. I am calling because Koryanka Kilcher, who is uh, an actress on Yellowstone and also Jules' cousin, uh, it looks like she was just accused of workers' compensation fraud in the state of California, which I feel like in the grand scheme of like who financial crimes is really just like admirably original um and i really like your take on it okay crunch crunch good form bella thorne bye i'm sorry who gets in trouble for worker compensation fraud that <laughs> feels very targeted like <laughs> come on who's investigating this give her money who's investigating this the los angeles county district attorney's office okay I guess we should say who she is first because... We should. The one thing you can't do is work and get workers' compensation. Corianka Kilcher is an actor who is currently on Yellowstone, has a recurring role, but she's, I think, most famous because she was Pocahontas in the Terrence Malick New World movie with Colin Farrell. Okay, but she's also literally Jules' cousin. She's, she's Jules literally cousin. She's Jules' first cousin. cousin. Once removed, they have the same last name, Kilcher, Kilcher. Um, which is so funny. Her first movie, which I think is really hilarious... She was one of the little Who girls in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Ron oh Howard God, one with Jim like, Carrey. That's an iconic role. Mm-hmm. But she had her big breakout role five years later in The New World. Can we take a detour for one second? Yeah. Have you seen Jules' Instagram lately? No. Is she defending her first cousin once removed? No, she's like so active. Like she's always posting videos that are like, here's the thing about me. Like go to her. Like wait. this? I'm sorry. My makeup's too good to wash my face. <laughs> Sorry, pillowcase. You're gonna get a little bit dirty. 
Okay. We, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to, like, take a detour to Jewel Town, but it's crazy over there. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel Town. <laughs> like... Yeah, there's only one resident. It's just a ghost town, and she's like a total town freak. <laughs> she's the teacher. She works at the mercantile. She works at the post office. She's the fire department. She's the police department. She's everything. She's truly on one, or as they say, maybe she's like on two at this point. One of my favorite things about Jewel is that her album, 0304, is <laughs> because it was released in 2003 and was her fourth album. <laughs> like that's always That will always be really funny to me. <laughs> she called it 0304. Why not? Okay, back to Corianka. Back to Corianka. After she was Pocahontas and won a lot of like Critics' Choice Awards and got a lot of, a lot of attention for being Pocahontas in, in this big, exciting Terrence Malick movie that I think was a bit of a flop, she played Hawaiian Princess Kaiulani in a movie called Princess Kaiulani. And that was a big deal because in an interview with Time from a few years ago, her she said her two heroes growing up were Pocahontas and Hawaiian Princess Kaiulani. And she played them both by the time she okay. was 19 years old. What so, did she do? What did she do? She's still acting. I think it's important to know she's still acting because this all stems from an, a role that she took a few years ago in Dora and the Lost City of Gold. <laughs> okay. This actually requires, I think, me to read this verbatim because it's like legal language. And because I think all these details are so important, I'm just going to read it because I feel very weird about this. That is a live action Dora movie. Yeah, live action Dora explore. movie. Wasn't Remember it? when Eva Longoria, Eva Longoria played Elena? Yeah, Eva Longoria was in it. Yes. This is from the press release released by like the California Insurance Board or something. The California sure. Department of Insurance. Okay. In October 2018, while acting in the movie Dora and the Lost City of Gold, Kilcher <laughs> allegedly injured her neck and right shoulder. She saw a doctor a few times that year but stopped treatment and did not respond to the insurance company handling her claim on behalf of her employer. A year later, in October 2019, Kilcher contacted the insurance company saying she needed treatment. Kilcher told the doctor handling her claim that she had been offered work since her injury occurred but had been unable to accept it because her neck pain was too severe. Based on Kilcher's statements to the doctor, she began receiving temporary total disability benefits. After reviewing wage information from her employer, the investigation found Kilcher had worked as an actress on the television show Yellowstone from July 2019 to October 2019, despite her statements to the doctor that she had been unable to work for a year. According to records, she returned to the doctor and started receiving disability benefits five days after last working on the show. When told about Kilcher's recent employment history, the doctor on her claim stated that if they had been aware of it, they would have never granted her the disability payments. From October 14, 2019 through September 9th, 2021, Kilcher received $96,000 in undeserved disability benefits. Okay? Oh. This just seems like, to me, not that I'm like suddenly a big fan of Corianka Kilcher, but I'm just like, this just doesn't add up to me. It's such obvious fraud that I'm like, I feel like her defense is going to be that was some sort of weird miscommunication. This is such an easily provable fraud. You think they're coming for her? I feel like she's being targeted. <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't know, like, what's going, do, doesn't it seem very. I'm never going to be like, I'm team, like, insurance. Exactly. Give them their money back. I'm always going to be like, get the money, take the money, run, 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 run. But, like, yeah, I mean. I just hate the idea that this insurance company is coming after her. And I'm sort yeah, of me like. Too. 
it just sounds like we're missing so many details and that ultimately she will have been deserving of that $90,000 in disability benefits. Like, I have a hard time not sympathizing with the person who is sick when there's a healthcare issue, you know, no matter what it is. I mean, I don't even care whether she is scamming their, them or not. I'm like, <laughs> we should all be scamming be, insurance companies. We should all be scamming insurance companies. You know, if you hurt your neck and you can't work and you have insurance, like that's what you're paying them for. Give them a call. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. If your job is modeling hats and you can't move your neck, that's a problem. Yeah, we should all be scamming insurance companies, protesting at Supreme Court justice houses, and like blowing up oil pipelines. <laughs> uh, to be very clear, nobody affiliated with Who Weekly is a scamming insurance companies. No. No one. No one. We actually don't have an insurance, an employee insurance <laughs> no plan, so it's really not relevant. No one. I, and I think one of the reasons this is getting so much attention is because when you see headlines like Yellowstone actress Corianka Kilcher charged with workers' compensation insurance fraud, you think, I've never really seen this before, you know? Yes, you've ne yes, this is not a typical actor or actress kind of like thing that comes up. They don't pay their taxes, they do this, they do that, but they usually get, they usually don't get charged with workers' compensation insurance fraud, you yeah. know? It's like the Jen Shaw thing. I guess we could maybe just move on to this next, but it's like the Jen Shaw thing I think was so exciting to people and notable to people because it was a new one, you know? But also housewives often do crimes that are unseen in usual like celebrity spheres because yeah. they're kind of like real people on TV. Exactly. But it, it, this is a rare one because usually workers' compensation is usually attached with like not being an actor or actress. Speaking of Jen Shaw and crimes, alleged crimes... Although I guess she did. She um, pled guilty. She pled guilty, so never mind. <laughs> I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just photo be a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You be a little bit careful. But you Aura Frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura Frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with Tor announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. 
Might? Uh, Might? You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a, this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's read up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Jen Shaw, she just pleaded guilty, but not before her friend and castmate, Meredith Marks, who's literally in New York staying at the same hotel as this woman, posted a story about how everyone is innocent until proving guilty. So are people innocent until they plead guilty? And did this trial shoot Jen up from like a second season housewife to like one of the most famous housewives? Also, how long is she going to jail for? Talk about it. <laughs> Jen Shaw, housewives of... Denver, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. And someone who I feel like the rise and the fall has been fast because that show is relatively new. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's People only had are two seasons. With her and obsessed with like, why does she have so much money? Oh, her business. Oh, her business is weird. Oh, wait, her business is actually fraud. Oh, wait, she was arrested <laughs> on camera. Oh, wait. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? It was yeah. funny how fast it was people thinking, oh, this is sus. This woman's money is sus. This whole thing is sus to actually it blowing up. Because usually people think all oh, housewives are sus and how they're get, they get their money is weird. But usually it doesn't come to a head that quickly. Yeah. I'm going to quote people right now. Her attorney gave the statement to People magazine. Ms. Shaw is a good woman who crossed the line. She accepts full responsibility for her actions and deeply apologizes to all who have been harmed. Ms. Shaw is also sorry for disappointing her husband, children, family, friends, supporters. Jen pled guilty because she wants to pay her debt to society and put this ordeal behind her and her family. She committed According to herself, she committed wire fraud offering services with little to no value using interstate telephones and emails. I knew many of the purchasers were over the age of 55. I am so sorry. This is the member that she was like basically scamming old people out of money for like giving them services that didn't exist. No, it was awful. And it wasn't even just like scam that was like, you know, a simple kind of like forgivable, like like a scam that would be like, go girl, get it, scam them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's scamming like people who truly do not deserve to be scammed. This isn't it's just girl like, boss scamming. No, this is like em- this is like embarrassing. Like this you're a criminal. bad person scamming. <laughs> like you're like you're truly like one of the worst because yeah. you're scamming people on like such a base level. Like the the way that old people are clicking links in their emails and giving all their money to like God knows who. Do you know what I mean? Like the true true low lowly scams. Mm-hmm. That was the other reason. She originally pled not guilty and then switched that recently which is why it's getting um all the attention 
the judge says, do you understand that the maximum penalty is 30 years in prison? And she said, yes, your honor. The person who was live tweeting this hearing put in parentheticals there, I guess some editorializing, presumably there is a plea agreement that will be made public in this proceeding. Watch this feed. So it's like one of those things where if she pleads guilty now, maybe she'll get a lesser sentence. Um, the sentencing is not until October 12th, though. She also has to forfeit $6.5 million. Good luck getting that. I guess they'll just like take her stuff. Yeah. So she changed her plea. That was what everybody freaked out on Twitter about. She had pled not guilty and then she changed it to guilty. Clearly something happened where they said, you're going to get. We're going to get you. you, Well, like you're going to get you're fucked if you do if you don't like essentially accept the plea bargain that they're going to give you. The caller mentioned Meredith Marks, who is her co-star on um, Housewives of Salt Lake City who's just sort of a her own like freaky deaky character in and of herself. And yes, she Instagram, for those of you who may not know this, I live in the United States of America and the US one has a right to trial and is presumed innocent until proven guilty. Peace sign. Okay, that's less interesting, I think, than Andy Cohen's reaction. And Andy Cohen on his serious show was talking about this pretty candidly and was like, I'm mad at her. Basically, this is really fucked up. I'm, quote, upset, and I'm especially upset for her victims. She's not coming back. (laughs) Interestingly enough, he usually kind of holds himself back from this type of I'm angry at the person. Like, he kind of speaks in circles around whether his wives are good or bad people in a way. But I think once she said I'm guilty, he said, all right, well, she's guilty and she did this, and it's disgusting that she did this. Do you know what I mean? Like, for the Erica Jane thing, like, Erica Jane is still on Housewives, right? Like, she proclaims her innocence. And, like, whether or not you think that she's guilty or not, I do. But, like, she, you know, there's definitely a – you could have an air of, like, well, innocent, not – you know, prove it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, Andy has an interesting position where he's like, I do need these housewives, at least some of them who are accused of crimes, to remain on the show because they're good TV and they're, like, stars. So the only way that I'm actually – Right. And the only way that I'm going to get really mad or kind of express, like, this is a bad person, I shouldn't – we shouldn't put them on TV – is when when like it's like a Jen Shaw case. Do you know what I mean? He seems to be extremely willing to give all of these wives the benefit of the doubt, and he more or less said that last year. Um, here's an ET headline: Andy Cohen responds to critics who want Erica Jane fired from Housewives due to allegations exclusive. And this is what he said: "Quote: She, as an Erica Jane, has not been charged with the crime, as you may or may not know, and the story is unfolding as we watch. And I think it's an interesting story that we've seen. Our mutual friend Teresa Judice was involved in some." <laughs> bad business and we kept cameras rolling to see how that unfolded i think many viewers were invested in Teresa, so it's sort of like you he says you gotta wait and see and here we have jen shaw being like i plead guilty to this horrible crime but here's the thing like we were just talking about workers compensation i'm like take the money from the insurance company mm-hmm. but like this feels so you know much like again the erica jane case which i think is also if she were to plead guilty or be guilty andy would have to kind of speak up because it has victims like true victims mm-hmm. you know yeah and that's the difference it's like Teresa's case is very different to me you know what i mean yeah and i think it's interesting that like andy actually does have this kind of line Moral. that he will cross like yeah he, ha- he has like yeah. what, I, I think you could argue with him about that line but he appears to actually have a line that he like won't cross and it seems like jen may have crossed that line well he, i think he has to there's something there's a real there's a real argument or kind of like debate about like 
whether or not if you're like a bad person a certain way you should be on TV. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where like, you know, should a conservative person be on a reality show? And a lot of people would argue yes. Some people would argue no, they suck, get them off TV. Or yes, uh, both sides. Or she's a great villain. Who cares if she likes Trump or whatever? Like that is, I think, the age of discourse that we're in right now. And it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And Andy's kind of caught up in it. Yeah, we never figured out why Miriam Cosby on Satellite Salt Lake City left, right? Because yeah. I know she's not coming back, but it's it's unclear whether or not she was fired, if that was an Andy decision, or if that was a her decision, or if well, that was like I mean, someone else's decision. They you know? disintegrated Vanderpump rules like over this type of argument. You know, it it really is an interesting kind of like debate, you know, mm-hmm. based on like almost people not admitting why they're watching what they're watching, you know? Yeah. Uh next call. Hi, I just saw a photo of Lana Del Rey and Jack Donahue outside of the Cook County Jail, um, just like posing. Um, who is Jack Donahue? And why are they at the Cook County Jail? Live on the Vita laptop. The nervous breakdown people had when this started kind of leaking because this wasn't the first time that they'd been spotted together and people were like Lana Del Rey is dating the guy from Salem like that's <laughs> like that's like ble- that's like the most mind-blowing thing I've ever experienced but but that means you have to know so many things I didn't when I first saw this photo I was like who is this like dirtbag hunk I was like He's who so is this hot. dirtbag hunk and they're posing in front of the Cook County Jail Side by side. I mean, they could they could be siblings in the way that they're posing. Like, there's nothing necessarily sexual or romantic about the way they're posing. Also, the headline is family visit. The caption is family visit. I guess maybe he must have family or a friend in jail that they were visiting together. Maybe she does. That's unclear. No offense, but I think you're reading a little bit into the fact that they actually were there visiting anyone at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were just like in posing front of the Cook County Jail side. and posing in front of it. I right? think there's it's, a lot of aesthetic going on here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's it's. Hard to tell, and they're not ones to provide any clarity about anything. But Jack Donahue, when I saw this, I was like, I did not realize until the stock started being put together that he's one of the guys from Salem, a band like, what is it, Witch Core? Witch House. (laughs) I liked this album in 2010, and then I kind of never thought about it again. I think I listened to it in 2010 and never again until this morning when I was playing some of it, and I was like thrust back to 12 years ago. Salem is a trio, then became a duo. They pioneered this music genre called Witch House, which I would argue is like kind of came about in the like peak music blog era of Mm -hmm. the aughts when we were both deep in college. So it meant that it like really appealed to us, me at NYU. I feel like this was very much like in my world. Salem was post-college for me, but it was probably right on the tail end for you because you were already in New York and like a little more. Oh, because it was like 2010 or whatever? Yeah, you would probably, you were familiar with their EPs that came out in like 2008. I was familiar. I was only familiar with them in 2010 once I arrived in New York, you know, a couple, a year before. But like. Makes sense. It does make, like the timing does make sense. And when you listen to this music, I'll play some of it here. I think a lot of people listening will instantly be transported to an era in their lives they would love to forget. That's what's so interesting about 
this is like it's not surprising for Lana to date a musician. It's just surprising for Lana to have found her way to this specific musician in terms of just like the genre, but also kind of like, again, I'm not accusing of anyone of putting on airs, but the aesthetic of it all, like people always want to accuse Lana of being conservative, but I almost don't think she is. I just think that she is like kind of inherently basic, but. I don't yeah, there's something very encore by Adina Menzel about Lana Del Rey, you know? And <laughs> but it's so charming. Also, if you kind of look at it like not harmful, you know, but <laughs> I don't I, I think it's always dangerous to say that because then she's going to say something terrible on her Twitter and then we're going to have to walk it back. But the point is, like, her aesthetic is very much, I think you're right. It's like, it's, it, she wants to be the Malibu Santa Monica girly, Venice, Venice bitch, but she also wants to be. The girly that you could just run into at a, a dive bar off the interstate <laughs> oh, okay. in Oklahoma. You know, like right. like she wants to appeal to two very specific demographics. And it seems also very authentic to me. She's an enigma in a way that we don't have other pop stars who appear to be this type of enigma. And I think that that makes her fascinating. And she she does like when she engages with culture, she really comes from a unique place that she that no one else seems to come from (laughs) right (laughs) right and this guy you look at him and it's like this is a dirt bag but it's also like he's sort of playing with your expectations because he doesn't look like a guy who would have been in a witch house band you know like he looks like a guy yeah but bobby he used to look like a guy who was in a witch house band like this is a guy who's lived many lives that's what i'm saying he's queer which is interesting and i think that that's like He is full of surprises, just as I think Lana Del Rey is full of surprises. But here's the thing. The rundown of him that from from vaguely looking and I think what's funny about Salem is that they've been written about so much because they're one of those kind of music groups that almost gets more press than the attention from the actual music because the story is interesting and the music itself is like. No one can tell whether it's good or not. I think a lot of people like it, but it's mm-hmm. a question mark whether it's good. So they've been written about in New York or they've been written about in the New York Times. They've been pr- When they came back with an album after 10 years, people were like, where did they go? And it turned out they both kind of like lost their minds. And one of them ended up at an oil rig and the other one ended up like down south with like Julia Fox for a second. Like They it's kicked all... one of them out. They kicked the woman in the band the girl, out of the band. The, the girl was gone. Yeah. But I think at the time that they were releasing their early music, this guy did look like he belonged at like Miss Shapes or like it was like kind of Sky Fiera, early Sky Fieria, whose last name I can never Ferreira. say. Like, <laughs> thank you. Hipster kind of deep. And like th- that type of cheeky went to an Amphar party with Courtney Love once as a gag. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that type of kind of jokiness. But then I think now the second era of this guy after leaving New York, going to work on an oil rig, kind of making his way back. Now he's kind of this weird other form yeah. that Lana Del Rey is dating. I like can't deal with like, you click on all these Instagram links that are in the doc and it's like one Instagram photo of him like making out with another hot guy, another Instagram <laughs> video of him like making out hard with another hot guy. Then there's like a photo of him making it with Julia Fox and holding a gun. And you're like, oh my God. Well, she's of course involved in this narrative because like, it, to prove Julia Fox's authentic New York girly status, she was around. Like, she literally did an art project where she released a book based off with photos of her meeting, quote, a 
Fox had fallen madly in unrequited love with a, quote, gay prostitute named, quote, John and couldn't tear herself away. She was down. She was in um, Louisiana. This was a book she did way before Uncut Gems. And it turned out the guy that she had fallen in love with was one half of Salem. The other half, not this guy. Wait, the guy that she's making out with is the other guy, not him? I thought that was him. No, it was. She's made out with both of them is what I'm saying. (laughs) Julia Fox is made out with both guys from Salem. Well, that's great. She's perfect. No, she's perfect. She's you so think? authentic. She's, she's so perfect. authentic. She's perfect. Like literally, stuff is happening in culture, and Julia Fox has like been there. Been she there, literally had, but she had been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She had been there. This fun fact is is so wild. Like like you said, when Salem came back a couple years ago during the pandemic, they got covered once again in the New Yorker and the New York Times. So they're very legitimized. Like if you it's it's a band, like if you Google them, you will see like real coverage in real places. The coverage is often pretty snarky. That original coverage of them was like Vaguely, I don't know. It points out their flaws. Like in in the coverage from ten years ago, the New York Times is like when they perform, they're kind of a flop. People boo them. They're right, a mess. Right, right, whatever. Right. Like it's not the most glowing coverage, but it is coverage, and that's kind of all that matters. But it's not. It's it's very much like why when they perform are they a flop, but they're so popular else otherwise, and like the music like is so interesting. Pr- right. That's what I'm saying. At least they're being written about. I mean, they literally have an entire New York profile, New York New Yorker profile called like the disappearance and like cryptic return of Salem, which is a yeah. band that I would argue made like a pl- a small plop in music but yet is getting like outsized response from a critics. small plop in music that the New York Times now argues and um is influential is to... influential to current music like they say right. Jesus wouldn't have existed without Salem and right. I'm going to quote them Salem sound was so influential for younger people because it showed music could be made in very lo-fi and DIY way that and still be extremely visceral and impactful so right. it's like they are an influential album and now that 10 years have passed 12 years have passed it's like we're seeing the fruits of their work and mm-hmm. he's like, not only am I back, I'm posing with Lana Del Rey in front of a prison, in front of a jail in California. I mean, he's just so hot. I don't blame her. I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> I'm just like, he's a hunk. Like, if he was into me, I'm into it. Like, I just am like, get it, girly. Like, <laughs> Lana has the weirdest dating history. I'm sorry. Like, this is nothing new. She literally dated like an old cop with a TV <laughs> show. Like, this is. <laughs> like, I at least hope this guy is like f- far left or something. I don't know. <laughs> I hope for the best for Lana. I just don't know that I necessarily have faith in the best for I just Lana. Want, if Lana's dating a chaotic bisexual, I'm just fine with it. You know, like, yes. that's fine. Yes. <laughs> he seems to be a chaos bisexual, and that's the perfect match for Lana Del Rey. They should be lucky to be hanging out with Lana Del Rey. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, tr- my true stand is coming out. That woman, she really, she has me in a chokehold. <laughs> Marcel Bichel with shoes on, who or them? Jenny Slate, who or them? Me and Greece. Marcel Bichel, who or them? Jenny Slate, who or them? Interesting. Isn't okay. that interesting? <laughs> Let's start with Marcel. That was that was that was sincere. It is interesting. Marcel, who or them? One, two, three, who? Them? You think Marcel Bichel is a them? Well, the movie didn't do as well as it didn't like blow up as much as I think the original video kind of did for a second. The video had like a very 15 minutes of fame type thing. Yeah. And then the movie itself, despite kind of being like A24 and all these things had like could have. No, you're right. I guess it's kind of a who, Marcel. I think think Marcel is a very like early 10s 
internet. I mean, he's in a, starring in a movie now, like a real movie. But it's an A24 movie that's like not, you know, breaking the uh, bank, you know? It's not breaking the bank. Yeah, no, it's interesting. But I think they thought it could. I do want to see it. I'm it. dying to see it. I know I'll cry dying. at it. You're dying to see I'm it? I'm dying to see I'm it. Dying. I just haven't done no, it. No, me too. I want to see it too. I really liked, I really liked the original. It's yeah, cute, but, but Jenny Slate, who are them though? Ugh, One, so two, hard. three. Who? Who? I think she's I think still. She a who. still kind of remains on the outskirts, but I think she is like cuspy in a way where it'd be really easy for her to like do one thing and like be a them, because when she was dating Chris Evans was like, oh, and then kind of yeah. SNL, you're like, oh, and then yeah. you know, yeah, and people who like her really like her. I like her. Me too. I like her, and I liked her movie with a uh, uh, Charlie. Obvious child. No, her new one. I want you back. That's what it was. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm wondering, is Maya Rudolph a who or a them? I think she's definitely a them. She's had so many iconic roles. But um, it's come up many times in conversation with different people over the years that I saw her. She was my favorite celebrity sighting. I saw her in Seattle in the neighborhood I was living in. And whenever I bring this up, people are always like, who's that? And I'm like, seriously? So um, I would love for you to weigh in. Okay. Uh, thanks, Crunch Crunch, Lindsay Podcaster, Iceberg Weber. That's crazy. Maya Rudolph, who are that? Not knowing who Maya Rudolph is, I feel seems, who are these people that didn't know who that was? Right? Maya Rudolph, who are them? One, two, three. Them? them? Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest SNL crossover stars of their SNL generation. But also just like has been in enough like stuff and also like kind of just a big power player in culture married to uh, what's his face? P.T. Anderson. Daughter of what's her face? Like a lot of stuff going on. Minnie Ripperton. Yeah. Just like enough stuff going on, but also herself being like, I feel like when she, this, this show, this show Loot on Apple, which looks uh, okay fine eh, I'll whatever never watch it. <laughs> but she her she can carry a show based on just herself that doesn't even need to be that good of a show yeah hey Lindsay Bobby long time first time James is doing ads for Illinois tourism which is cool apparently she is a native daughter of Illinois and we love to see hometown pride but it made me wonder who to them Idaho Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. Living with you don't want to talk, pork and What? Idaho. I'm going to type this out so you can see it. Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa. I got it. I got it. Really? Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois. Illinois because of Chicago, Iowa because of the caucus, so broadly people know what Iowa is. <laughs> yeah. Indiana's up there. I'm not weighing in. I'm letting you do this. I'm letting you sink the ship. I'm not weighing in. I think I think Idaho's the hooiest. Because it's like, it's got that part up at the top, the, the panhandle. It's got the rest of it at the bottom. What is it? What is Idaho? You know? The next one, you have Indiana. God, is this going to make people in Indiana and Idaho and Iowa? Yes, Illinois but upset? I'm letting you do it. Keep going. You've dug, you dug, you dug your hole. Iowa, I think, is number two because culturally people know what it is. There's a uh-huh. lot of Iowa stuff uh-huh. that has like broad uh, cultural 
awareness. I think mainly uh-huh. the Iowa ca- caucus. And then Illinois is where Chicago is. Totally. A very notable Midwestern state. Okay. <laughs> now I yeah. feel uncomfortable. <laughs> this is not a value judgment. I feel bad. Oh, it's certainly not a value judgment. It's by no means. I love all of these states. I you do. do love, you love all these states. I have do you love been all these states. states? Have you been, been to all these? Yeah, you have? All of them. Yeah. You've been to Iowa? Yeah. My grandma's from Iowa. Interesting. You've been yeah. to Indiana? Been to Indiana. Wow. Okay. My parents drove everywhere growing up. Like, wow. we drove I've everywhere. been to Illinois. Yeah. Like, like, we had family in New Jersey once, and we drove to New Jersey from Texas. You know, like, we drove to Seattle. Like, they loved to drive. Incredible. Um. Okay, last call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Who is the bigger them? Magnum ice cream bars or Trojan Magnum condoms? Good form, Bella Thorne. Crunch, crunch. So a couple of lives. What's them here? Magnum ice cream bars or Trojan Magnum condoms? This is a great question. I feels think very regional. Your, I think to Europeans, Magnum ice cream is more mm-hmm. is more relevant. Yeah, it's more themy. But it is American podcast. To America, it's the it's the condoms. We're still mm-hmm. very we're still very caught up in the idea of a Magnum condom in America. <laughs> right, we're caught up in it. We're caught up. We're in like it. we're so like we're so like uh, Magnums, you know, big dick culture. <laughs> like we're so caught up. <laughs> We're not thinking yes. about Magnum the bar, but honestly, abroad, the minute you go to Europe, it's like Magnum ice cream, Magnum ice cream, Magnum <laughs> ice cream. Yeah. I feel like mag when you're walking around the street, like you're more likely to see like a bo- an empty box of Magnum that's like been stepped on and is gross. That's like on the like Magnum condoms are constitute like a pretty high percentage of like New York City street trash. <laughs> I mean, condoms in general. Condoms in general, but I feel like the Trojan Magnum brand is pretty prevalent. Yeah, it's true. It's a powerful, it's a powerful imagery in New York City. It's true. When you go to the bodega to buy whatever you're buying, what's at the front? Trojan Magnum condoms. I suspect they've just, they've just all condoms are now Magnum condoms just because that is the more, you know, even size differential doesn't matter any size. Yeah. We're all Magnum now. It's an inclusive Magnum community. Big dick, small dick. Magnums currently hold a 14% share of the U.S. condom market. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's buying Magnums, even if their dicks mm-hmm. aren't, like, quote-unquote, big enough for a Magnum. Mm-hmm. We're just buying Magnums for show. And it's like, I don't even know if you need that, but it doesn't matter. Trojan Magnums, them here. But if you're in Europe, it's the Magnum ice cream bar. It's but the Magnum ice Europe, cream bar, which is, by the way, the so States. much more delicious in the Europe than here. In Europe, I'm like, yum, yum, a Magnum. Like, I'm eating that. Here, mm-hmm. I'm like, if I see it, I'm like, ew, imported ice cream. Don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, I want Jenny's. I want Bluebell. You know, I, I want, want <gasps> you know. My grocery store had Cool House on sale yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. Oh Did you go crazy? Oh, yeah, I went a little nuts. They What's had Gen- on sale even? Like $7 a pint? Not no, 12. Lindsay. <laughs> Sometimes the Jenny's and the Cool House is on sale for three ninety nine a pint Insane. at my grocery That's store. That's crazy. And you can I've see the old price behind before. it, and it's like nine ninety nine or some bullshit well, that, because what, of that bougie okay. ice cream. But you know what that means about the ice cream. You mean That means it either has frost burn or it's been defrosted then refrosted. <laughs> Sometimes you open that pint and you're like, what went on here? What in chemistry hell went on to this ice and cream? And that's okay. You leave it out on the table for like 10 minutes before you scoop and then it's delicious. Okay. Fair. All right. Oh my God. I had the, the best. Jenny's had a, no, Van Leeuwen had a flavor that I was dying to try that a friend Black told cherry? me about that I couldn't find in stores anywhere. What Dijon mustard. 
Oh, yeah, they did that as like a gag. It was a gag, but apparently it was good. Like, I didn't have it, but I read reviews that were like, this is actually interesting. They have a seasonal black cherry chip, like like Cherry Garcia, but Van Leeuwen flavor right now, and I cannot get enough. Okay, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Keep calling in at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. We're being spotlit this month. Did you see we're in the spotlight? We're in the spotlight at the top. Did you see the new copy? Because... A couple days ago, it said monthly spotlight, everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. And you know what it said today? What? It just said monthly spotlight, meet Bobby and Lindsay. (laughs) Oh, no, we got our tag. I think our tagline was a little bit like deemed confusing for like the general population. Yeah. It's supposed to be. I love it. It's like, yeah, come meet us. Meet us. We're here. So thank you, Apple, for featuring us at the top of the app. Oh, it's meet Lindsay and Bobby. Oh, my God. I, what did you say wrong? I said meet Bobby and Lindsay, but it said oh, meet I'm Lindsay first. and Bobby. Yeah, you're first. If this is your first time hearing this podcast, you made it all this way. I want to say thanks. Thank you. Thanks, and new listeners. You listen to another one. If yeah, not, we have uh, so many. Know, it is what it is. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know a lot of you are on there now. So give us a rating and reviewing. We love them. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday with another episode of the main show. Bye. Have a good weekend. Hot and rich fabric. Alexandra Daddario, Emmy nominee. Crunch, crunch. Emmy nominee, Alexandra Daddario. Crunch, crunch. Uh, excuse me, that's Emmy nominee, Alexandra Daddario, to you. Crunch, crunch. Will Emmy-nominated Alexander Daddario finally get mentioned on the podcast? Crunch, crunch. Wow, congrats to Alexander Daddario. Still a who, even with an Emmy nomination. Congrats. Emmy-nominated actress Alexandra Daddario for White Lotus. Crunch, crunch. Emmy Award nominee... Alexandra Daddario. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, Alexandra Daddario, them? <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think that could ever happen. Um, crunch, crunch. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm just calling to leave a comment about the um, Ricky Martin, The Cup of Life song. I had no idea that was a World Cup song, which obviously listening to the episode, I guess it's obvious, but I just wanted to share that I have a really strong memory of being at a birthday party at a Mexican restaurant when I was 10 years old, and that song coming on and me getting really excited because I loved it, and inhaling a tortilla chip and choking, and my friend's dad had to give me the Heimlich maneuver, and that's what I think about every time I hear that song, so um, that's it. Uh, Leanne Cuisine. Bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, I just did an experiment, and I can definitely comfortably swallow an ice cube that is definitely a bit larger than an AirPod Pro. So, um, 
yeah, story's believable. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Weekly. I'm just calling really quickly about that call about Jenny Ortega. That was absolutely a PR plant, and I am a government affairs attorney, so I have nothing to do with investigations, but here's my evidence as to why that call was a plant. The person clearly had never listened to Weekly in their life. They called, and the first thing they said was, hey, Who Weekly, crunch, crunch. Um, <laughs> or whoever the hell this woman's name is. Um, okay, bye. They did not do the sign-off correctly. And, like, uh, they did the most popular sign-off as the first thing. I don't know. Seems sus. Uh, we have an imposter in the room. It's okay. I really enjoyed your, your conversation uh, about, about Jenny Ortega. I just thought you would want my investigative skills to finally be put to use. Okay. Uh, love you, Leanne Cuisine. Bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. I'm just calling because I was listening to the show and just wanted to say that I also saw my own fire at six years old. It did not inspire me to act, but it was my mother's favorite movie, so we had watched it over and over again, and I'm still haunted by it. So, yeah. Anyway, um, crunch, crunch. I just want to talk about Julia Roberts in Three Days of Rain, which was the Broadway show she was in in 2006. That show actually did incredibly well at the box office in spite of her terrible reviews. However, Beanie's show was no longer doing well at the box office as soon as she got these bad reviews. So it's not a perfect comparison. Um, I would definitely say that, you know, Beanie is definitely not as well set up as Julia was because Beanie was not resistant to the bad reviews. Um, so wild situation, sad situation, um, crunch, crunch. Hey, Timmy, just calling to let you know that your parents made a huge mistake um, in their score who to them ranking including Jaws and Psycho Noise, they forgot Western, Empty Town, Tumbleweed Rolling, beginning of a a duel. Crunch, crunch.